Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited, so you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you would like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash Frumis Films LLC or just search Frumis, F-R-U-M-E-S-S. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff from us. Welcome. <clears throat> How you doing tonight? My name is Jeffrey Murdergram. This is my show called The Jeff Show. And today's video, uh, you know, I was supposed to do another video and it got postponed. So I figured I would do this. Now, I've already uploaded this video onto YouTube. People have seen the video that we are going to be going over. This is nothing new. Uh, you've already seen this. This is just uh, something that I'm trying. This is kind of an experiment. Um, on the other video, I've gotten several comments. There's uh, Some people are wish that there was a little bit more context to the video. So what I decided to do now for you now is explain the timeline as it's happening. Some people will hate that because it's me pausing and explaining or interjecting what's going on around this time, you know, in the video. If you just want to watch the the video as it happens, go to the other video. It's the the Misfits, the Road, the Road to Riot Fest. If you want the commentary about what's happening per interview, um, stick around here. That's what I'm doing right now. So and the and the, the the point behind this video is for people who may not be misfits nerds like the rest of the people that hang out on this channel. It's a sort of uh, an attempt to uh, sort of expand my net and try and interact and connect with ca more casual misfits fans. Maybe there are some fans that don't know the difference between Danzig and Graves, and it's not to like rag on them or to be superior or to be, you know, kind of dickish, but instead just to break things down and explain, you know, what, it, what, what is going on. Uh, so that's what I'm attempting to do right now. And I'm doing it live. I was going to do a whole edit and I said, you know what, just free ball it. That's what you do best. So that's what I'm here doing. So there's not going to be a whole preamble. This is not the evil live streaming show. This is the Jeff show. It's my other show. Um, that, you know, when I do other stuff, it's sort of like a, like a crossover episode, but I'm, I'm glad you're here and watching. If you are not subscribed, please like comment and subscribe to this channel. So what we're going to do is we're going to watch the video. I'm going to periodically pause the video as it's going on. Hopefully I can sort of do this in real time. And I'm going to briefly talk about what is happening at this or that juncture within the video. Uh, if you don't like that, do not stay. Go watch. There's so many other videos on this on this channel to watch. If that is, if this is your mama jam, or if you do want to know more, this is the place to be. Enough preamble. Let's launch directly into it. So I'm going to upload 
the video file right now. We're just going to go for it. Hopefully you can hear the sound. You wait before the misfits before putting sound here. Hold on. Let's just start it from the beginning. And then, like I said, I'm going to periodically pause it and talk about what's going on. Let's start. Let's start right off the bat. Uh, not, not stalling for time or anything. We're just going right into this thing. The misfits have broken up, broken up. Glenn has started Sam Hain. He's doing Sam Hain with Erie, Steve and Pete, AKA Damien. Um, they're out on the road. They put out Initium. They put out Unholy Passion. They put out November Coming Fire. This is Glenn in 1985 being interviewed and being asked what happened with the Misfits at a time where Glenn was a lot more open about talking about this stuff before the the Danzig sort of uh, uh, you know Iron Curtain came down where Danzig didn't want to talk about the Misfits. But he's sort of explaining things right now. How long did you wait before the Misfits before putting Sam Hain together? Well, and what? I did. Um, the last show, like formal show I did with the Misfits was the Civic Show with Black Flag. And I remember that show. Okay. I quit that night. I told him I'm not out of the band. Me and him had always been talking about doing a band together because they're both unhappy with both of our bands. And so I did one more show at the Misfits, which was the final Misfits show in Detroit because we always had a big crowd there. And a lot of... Um, people you know we just felt we owed it to them we did one final show on halloween in detroit and also that's the night of sam hayne and that's when sam hayne actually started that night now super quick just to interject i said i was going to do this i was going to interject don't be mad about that because i said i was going to do it if you don't like it please move on um what is interesting about glenn t- explaining this right now is that the missus were supposed to do a tour in support of the german release of of earth ad aka wolf's blood uh and they were supposed to do a whole tour which is why they needed a new drummer you can watch that episode elsewhere on on my channel we go super in depth about it so when glenn says i had quit the band you know after doing the black flag show i don't know how how true that that is but you know uh you know after the fact being in sam hayne that that seems to be what glenn is saying but who knows how true that really is Here's the Misfits last show. The drummer at, for that show was named Brain Damage. Uh, <laughs> he got drunk before the show and couldn't play properly. So after a few songs, you uh, escorted him I did off escort the stage. Him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, things came to a head and Danzig announced to the audience that it would be the band's final show. I'll just blow this one off really quick, but if you could give like 25 words or less. So real quick. He talks about, he announces at the final show, this is our last show. Happy Halloween. This is our final show. Something that I've never heard Doyle or Jerry or Glenn be interviewed about. And frankly, I don't know if Todd Swallow would know. Maybe he would know. Maybe he would not know. But um, what a part of me believes that this was a very impulsive thing for Glenn to announce at the show. I don't believe that 
I don't believe that I think the show was going so poorly and it was the thing that finally, you know, cinched it for Glenn right then and there. This is going to be the final show. I'm not going to do any tours. I'm I'm, I'm not going to do any tours in Germany. I'm going to go on and do my own project and call it a day. And, um, you know, I wonder if if Jerry had any inkling that that was going to be the final show. I wonder if Doyle had any inkling that was going to be the final show again. Excuse me. Again, we've never there's never been any interviews with those guys where they've been specifically asked that. And we've gotten a specific answer. What accounted for the demise of the misfits? Um, <laughs> so many things. Uh, that's a difference in musical direction. The misfits was just becoming this like kind of comic book kiss thing. And I was never a big kiss fan. So a little more real, a little darker, a little more violent lack of touring like i you know this is what i want to do for the rest of my life and uh, for the other guys it was just kind of like you know a hobby they work for their father you know and uh the, the band wasn't making enough money for you know for them to stop working for their father and i you know thought the band was and you know just things like that and not getting along together anymore either you know we together too many years you know? yeah Okay, that's fair enough. For us, the misfits never stop. So real quick, before we go on to Jerry, um, all of those reasons that Glenn is sort of given, I mean, they feel, uh, you know, there is no, there is no big, it's not a big mystery. I mean, it makes, I mean, that that's probably what happened. You know, I mean, that combined with having a really bad show with not being able to keep it up anymore with, with, you know, always having to replace the lineups, you know, you, 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 you can't, they can't keep a, a permanent drummer. They were having problems with guitarists or they couldn't keep a guitarist down until they put Doyle in the band, you know, one way or another. And, um, and now it was finally time to say goodbye for all the reasons and above that makes sense. Um, now, Jerry, right now, he's about to talk about how, you know, the the it was always his plan to bring the Misfits back. We've not mentioning the fact that they had done another band called Christ the Conqueror uh, in, in an attempt to sort of, you know, uh, jumpstart their musical careers. And when that wasn't going anywhere, they launched into a giant lawsuit with Glenn. Everybody knows about this lawsuit. This is the big lawsuit. The lawsuit started over royalties it was a royalty lawsuit but eventually at some point and but once again never really truly determined uh no matter who i asked and you know um uh, at some point jerry only decides we're not going to be christ the conqueror anymore we're going to be the misfits again and he was going after the name or he was trying to settle in a way where he could have the name and the ability to write and record as the misfits. And the thing that, that, that Glenn in order for Glenn to keep his publishing for all the songs, which in my opinion, probably was way more valuable than, than writing and touring and recording as the misfits. Uh, he had to give that to Jerry uh, under a bunch of stipulations. There are a bunch of stipulations. We'll get into that in a minute, but let's hear what Jerry had to, has to say, this is some time in the nineties after they've already reformed, with uh, Michael Graves and Dr. Chud in the band. And they're just, you know, Jerry does slews and slews and slews of interviews. And of course the history, he kind of like is rewriting history a little bit. Like he's sort of saying, Oh, we, we never really broke up. We were just trying to get to a place where we could do the band again. Uh, and that's not 100% 
true, I think. I don't know. But let's listen. Fair enough. For us, the Misfits never stopped. Uh, in 1983, we broke up and tried to put the band back together in 85. But we ran into legal problems, which took 13 years to solve. Were they- so he says, we tried to put it together, but it took 13 years to solve the problems. But the reality is, you know, once, uh, you know, uh, a combination of Jerry's father as well as, you know, realizing that, you know, Glenn's been making money off of these recordings and they've never seen a dime in royalties led them to a lawsuit. Before that, they were perfectly, they seemed to be perfectly happy doing Christ the Cocker. Or if they were, you know, um, upset about royalties, it was never, you know, enough of a concern that they really, you know, needed to launch into a lawsuit. You know, or at least they waited a few years to do so. Could have been a money situation. Could have been there are a lot of reasons. Again, none of us actually know. I don't know. Nobody knows. Truthfully, only those guys know. They're living. They're living um, up in Vernon. We broke up and tried to put the band back together in '85, but we ran into legal problems, which took 13 years to solve. Where are they living? They're living um, up in Vernon Valley. And what are those guys doing now? Nothing. So we were building our guitars and designing our equipment and we didn't have a singer so we would like work on riffs. So after about a year of this we had all these riffs so we started to put them together as as an album. And basically The Misfits was my name. So right there Jerry's talking about that. that's as close as Jerry gets to really talking about Christ the Conqueror post-1995. Pre-1995 Jerry, you know, will talk to you and talks endlessly in interviews about how he's going to be Mo the Great and yada, yada, yada. And they're doing this thing called Christ the Conqueror, spelled with a K for Christ. You know, Christ is this metal warrior, you know, and he, he was building this whole. And apparently, according to Mike Hideous, there's a comic book. I had no idea there was a Christ the Conqueror comic book. One of the many revelations in uh, the Mike Hideous interview I recently did, check out Pizza Punk. Um, but so at some point, there they decide they decide what they decide they're you know they're building the guitars they're writing riffs they're you know recording an album but it's directionless there's no direction there's no they don't have a glenn danzig to spear point the direction of where the band is going to go my song so that was the end of the mystics so and glenn here you hear glenn talking about how glenn feels the ownership of the band it was his name it was his songs when he left the Misfits, the Misfits died. And I agree with that fully, 100%. So in in pursuit of trying to re- regain our name, we went out and hired lawyers. The first lawyer was not good for us. He was bad. And the second lawyer uh, managed to get a settlement where we received our name. Uh, we had to let go of our old song publishing and other things. But for us, money wasn't the issue. It was the issue to come back and play for the kids. Do you- so I mean that's literally that's literally what was given up. It was like it was a trade off. They they were not there. You know they do receive royalties, but it's in the form of I believe mechanical royalties. But that was like that was the trade off. It was like we want to go come back as the Misfits. We want to write and record as the Misfits. We'll take our songs and and we'll put out Misfits albums. Uh, we just have to let go of the old stuff. Glenn Glenn wrote these songs. He created these songs. He wants to hold on to his songs. We, we, we know, or at least Glenn has some inkling of how valuable the catalog is and ultimately decides that because he's 
now doing Danzig, which in his opinion is just the evolution of the misfits. The misfits evolved into Danzig. So why would he need the Danzig? Why would he need the misfits name to continue being Danzig? And as you can see here, being interviewed by Ricky Rackman, um, who would constantly rib him when he'd be interviewed for the headbangers ball. Um, you know, Glenn would just get, he would get annoyed. He didn't want to talk about the misfits anymore. He only wanted to talk about Danzig. Why wouldn't he give the name to Jerry only? You know what I mean? He's off busy doing Danzig. He's broken to the top 40 with mother in 1993, 1994. You know, he's touring the world. Um, he's signed uh, to, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, American Records. Rick Rubin, the, the, one of the greatest, you know, rock producers out there of the 90s is is his producer. Uh, he's kind of sitting on top of the metal world at the moment. So what is he going to use the Misfits name anymore? Fine. Take the name. I'm going to keep the songs. Uh, but of course, the the um, Danzig for years and years and years would be hounded, um, as you're going to see in this video, would be hounded. Uh, about, you know, um, when are the Misfits going to reunite? It seems that, you know, the, the, the popularity for as popular as Danzig could get, the Misfits were always right behind, you know, or, or right ahead or, you know, oh, you know, one was casting a shadow over the other one. You couldn't talk about Danzig without talking about the Misfits and you couldn't talk about the Misfits without talking about Danzig. Uh, and, and it just, it was always a thorn in Danzig's side. It seemed the more that that happened, the more Danzig didn't want to talk about it. it makes sense. I see, you see that with a lot of artists. You saw that with Frank Black and the Pixies. You see that with Tim Curry and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. When you become, when the thing that you do gets a cult following and people become obsessed with it and you grow out of it, you want to put it in your past and, and move forward. And it's almost, you see what the theme with all these guys that I just listed, including Danzig, it's about standing out on your own without the thing. You know what I mean? And you're going to see that here in some of the interviews. Do you ever do any Misfits or Sam Haynes songs? No. They just put that as in the past? Is this band called the Misfits or Sam Hain? Right. No, it's called Danzig. Okay. Yeah. Why do you keep asking questions about that? You want me to just pop you? Oh, I, was just, I was just curious. There's people out there that are, that are a little bit curious okay, about stuff was, like that. You know, here's my viewpoint on this. This is it. And, you know, both those bands, uh, there was a time when those bands were around and the magazines were around then and they should have asked the questions about those bands at that time. I don't know. It was tough back then. It was a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. As the years would go on, and I love this interview, uh, this is probably around 2007. What we were just watching was 1990-something, maybe 1992. By the way, that was one of the complaints in the comments for the other video. Jeff, there are no dates. There's no context for these interviews. So that's what I'm doing right now. That's the whole point of this. This is not the streaming Evil Live show. This is me doing a running commentary on the other video for people who are either not familiar with The Misfits, Sam Hain and Danzig, or want that in the video. Uh, and in this interview, Glenn is older. He's around, I think this is around 2007. And he's sort of, it's the beginning of the mellowing of Glenn Danzig, where he starts to become like comfortable talking about the misfits again. And he's, you know, he talks about them in a way that he never has really talked about the misfits before. And he's kind of just telling it how it is, how it was. And it's very uh, frank, and it's a very interesting interview uh, in full. It's a brief interview, but it's an interesting interview, and I'll just let that play. A lot of people, uh, 
you know, maybe embellish it as the years go on or people look back on it and we're like, oh, but it was like, you didn't make any money. You drove around in a van. Um, you know, some nights you'd play for, you know, a couple thousand people and some nights you'd play for like 50 people. It was, that's the way it was, you know? So it takes these bands, legends to live on and then you want to ask questions about it with these other people. Well, you should have asked them a long time ago. The question maybe you don't want to hear again, but of course, uh, did you ask Glenn again? Yes, we did. That's end. Uh, he threw us out of his hotel. <laughs> we took that as a no. So um, in the 90s, after the lawsuit is resolved, because eventually in 1994, the lawsuit finally gets resolved after years and years and years of court battles over this stuff. And the final settlement goes something like this, and I'm paraphrasing something like this. Um, Danzig gets to keep all the publishing for the songs. He's the, the sole writer of the songs, and he keeps the publishing of the songs Uh, forevermore, uh, Jerry, De uh, sorry, Jerry Doyle, Franche Coma, Mr. Jim, and Robo. And again, take that last part with a grain of salt. But those five guys earn the right to write, tour, and record as the misfits. Jerry and Doyle, Doyle by proxy of Jerry, Go to those other guys. And again, I don't know the details of this, and I could be wrong, but go to those other guys and buy out their interest in the band as a, you know, as a touring recording entity. So Mr. Jim, Franche Coma, Robo, yada, 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 those guys can no longer do that sort of thing. Only Jerry and Doyle reserve the have the sole right to write and record and tour as the misfits in 1994, or maybe it happens in 1995. Then in 19, and I know this part happened in 1994, um, Jerry and Doyle, along with uh, Jonathan Grimm, who's, you know, Tank, Tank, everybody knows Tank, Jonathan Grimm. They go to Dan, Danzig is in town or Danzig is playing a show somewhere. They go to his hotel and, um, you know, it's decided that Doyle is going to be the guy who goes to talk to Jerry, uh, talk to Danzig, Because Danzig always like uh, Danzig and Doyle always got along real good, something like that. Um, so they sent Doyle up by himself. Doyle knocked on Danzig's door. Danzig never answered. He was turned away, or a bodyguard turned him away, or something. And as Jerry's going to explain here, this was Jerry's attempt at trying to make peace with Glenn after everything that happened, which is kind of interesting because you think they spent. Well, the, the lawsuit was about something else, but they spent all this money in court only for them just to, you know, try only for Jerry to try and reach his handout. And it was probably more political than anything else. He says it here. He says it all the time in interviews in the 90s. We owed it to our fans to try and be the misfits again with Glenn because we knew that that's what the fans want, even though it's not what we want because we had problems with him. And he turned us down. And so we went in our own sort of way. And in Jerry's mind, so it seems that, you know, it, it absolves him of any obligation of, of doing the misfits the way the misfits is supposed to be and gives him the freedom and the license to go out with a new singer uh, to be the misfits. And he talks about that here. 
when we settled the, the, the lawsuit that we had between Glenn and Caroline Records that our fans, you know, said, oh, you know, a lot of them said, you know, don't deal with Glenn. And a lot of them said, well, you know, you guys should get Glenn back in the band. Now, but do, you did have a, a deal with Jerry only, correct? There is some kind of deal that you guys have worked out where he can use the name legally. A long time ago. He was like, I'm not going to use it. So, you know, but he has to say who's in the band and he doesn't do that anymore. So. So that was one of the stipulations that um, that is never really talked about. But that was a part of the 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 the, uh, settlement when when they did that, because Glenn did not want any confusion. He didn't want people to think that he was still in the band and that Jerry, when promoting the Misfits, would have to state who specifically was in the band. And maybe he did at the beginning, but eventually that went out the window. Uh, but it seems that Glenn never made a big stink about it. Maybe he did in court, and we just don't know about it. It's kind of misleading. It's So we went down. We, we didn't want to talk to his management. We wanted to talk to him. So we tracked him down, and we went to his hotel. And uh, I, got a, I got somebody in his room on the phone, and Doyle, I've seen what room number it was. Doyle went up and banged on the door, and uh, he had security escort us. From the uh, from the building, so we got kicked out, and we took that as a no. So there's some misfits and Sam Hain were all on Plan Nine, which was your record label. Watch it. Watch it. Now, also another part of this lawsuit was that when Caroline took over the catalog, because Caroline Caroline basically paid out the settlements for all the the back royalties to all the band members. They took hold of the masters, and you know they needed to make money off of those masters, which they did in hand over foot in uh, with um, uh, the box set and the whatever, all that jazz. Um, they needed to, uh, uh, sorry, I just lost, I, oh, no, I hit a pothole with my train of thought. Oh, part of that loss, part of that uh, lawsuit, part of the settlement was that Plan 9 Records was no more. Plan 9 gets dissolved. Caroline takes over. And that's where where things would would uh, continue on from that point. Which is your record label. And You're treading on thin ice, one word, but I don't bring it up a, anymore. A I learned that lesson right in there. Germany. I learned that lesson in Germany. Bringing up that word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that he in, that he said no because I fulfilled my obligation to the fans by asking him. I really didn't want him back in the band because we have problems with him. How are things between you and Jerry now? Um, so this interview um, is in 1999, and it's right around the time of, I believe, Satan's Child and the Sam Hain box that is coming out. And this is when both London May and Steve Zing come back into the picture. They're they're going out as uh, Sam Hain. Again, Sam Hain is opening for Danzig. Todd Youth is on guitar in Danzig, and he's also playing guitar for or he's also playing guitar for Sam Hain. And um, this is some sort of press release where, once again, Glenn gets very honest. You heard his comments about talking about how he thought uh, the Misfits were kind of turning into Kiss and he didn't really care too much for Kiss. Um, And, you know, as he says here, he has not really spoken to Jerry since 1983. I haven't talked to Jerry in about... 16 years. But do you appreciate like this kind of cult falling that you have still have with the Misfits? Like we got at least in here two big fans of you. Like they have all the, the records. Cool. Yeah, the, the music is meant to last, you know. And so the Misfits, Sam Hain, and hopefully Danzig will last. You, you just um, referenced... Uh... This interview was from 2005. 
Uh, and it's this guy, Rob with Metalworks. And this is so so here's what happens. So now something very interesting happens. Um I saw Pete mention in the comments, by the way, guys, I see all the comments. I'm ignoring comments, at least for now, because I'm trying to get through this video because this is not the, the evil live streaming show. This is something different. This is doing commentary on a video for whatever, in any case. Um, so Pete mentioned in the comments back in 2002, there was an almost reunion. We talked about previously why that might have been um, when Jerry – and uh, Glenn came together against Caroline, not wanting 12 hits from hell to be released. And that seemed to get them sort of talking again in a way, because literally a year later, they are discussing being the misfits again and going out as the misfits again. Both now Doyle at this time has left the band. The, the, the resurrected misfits have imploded. Um, Glenn, sorry. Uh, Michael Graves, Dr. Chud leave the band, the band soldiers on, they get Robo in the band. Um, they get Des in the band. Doyle leaves the band. Um, but for a while they have this weird lineup where it's essentially the earth AD lineup without Danzig, but with Des Kadena from black flag, super weird. When you think about it, uh, they're doing shows. Doyle decides to leave for a bunch of reasons. He doesn't like that Jerry is the singer now. There's a lot going on. It's it's, it's, a, it's not just one thing. It's a bunch of things. Um, but even though he leaves, uh, uh, both Jerry and Doyle meet with Glenn after this 12 hits from hell thing. A year later, they go out to L.A., they meet with Glenn, and they talk about getting the misfits back together. And Glenn has some stipulations. Now, I don't know if it's been written about, but I remember – I don't. I'm trying to remember where I heard this. I heard this word of mouth, not through the press. I heard this word of mouth when I was doing my interviews, and it went something like this. Glenn had three stipulations. There were three stipulations in order for them to reunite as the Misfits, and it went like this. One, Jerry had to stop touring as the Misfits for over a year. He could not do any Misfit shows, and he could not talk about uh, reuniting with Glenn. He had to he had to just lay low, completely lay low. As a matter of fact, I think those were that's one and two of the three things. Don't talk about Glenn. Don't talk about doing shows with Glenn. Don't tour as the Misfits for a whole year. And you have to get rid of Robo. Those are the three conditions. And Jerry refused to do all three. Jerry had shows, tons of shows booked. Uh, he was incensed that Glenn wanted him to stop. You know, and it's kind of amazing when you think about how Jerry is more than happy to stop now. Jerry just needs to do one show. <laughs> he just has to play one show a year, and he's making probably like, you know, three to four to five, six times. Who knows how many times the amount of money he was making when he was going out as the Misfits, you know, um, in, in last in the last decade. Um, But he, he told Glenn, you know, oh, forget it, forget it. It's not going to happen. Doyle goes off and starts doing gorgeous Frankenstein. Um, Glenn's father passes away. Gorgeous George says, hey, Doyle, uh, go to Glenn. You should go to Glenn's funeral and pay your respects and talk to Glenn, something like that. Um, that happens. Glenn and Doyle start talking again. Um, Doyle shows Glenn his gorgeous Frankenstein demo and right on the spot, 
because all it was was a demo. It was not supposed to be anything more than a demo. Glenn says, I want to put this out on Evil Live. Let me be the producer, and I'm going to put this out on Evil Live Records. I'm going to direct music videos, and I'm going to put you on my shows. At the same time, um, the uh, the idea comes about to do a misfit set at Danzig shows. Uh, and for a very long time, and that's what this is, 2005. So this is when this has first started. And at that time, I can tell you, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to make a whole big thing about this right now. Um, Cause again, I'm trying to stay focused and on track and, and, and talk straight to you guys. But at the time, this was a huge deal. This was so big. It started in 2004 and it was a big deal. The fact that Doyle here is Danzig acknowledging his past. He is playing shows on stage with Doyle and they are doing misfit songs Every Misfits fan, all of our minds were blown. We heard these sets and we were our mind, we heard the Electric Factory show. It just was, it was mind boggling. And, and, and it continued. It went on for over, I mean, gosh, it must have gone on for 10 years. They did it for 10 years. Um, and, you know, it, it reinvigorated uh, audiences for Glenn, you know, who, you know, probably saw quite a dot, you know, he saw a, a doubt. It was a, a slow down curve from, you know, um, after losing the original lineup of Danzig, you know, and blowing out his voice and, you know, putting out uh, uh, Danzig five and Danzig six kind of not too well received. Um, and so this kind of like brought reinvigorated it. Uh, it was even put out as a bootleg called Misfits Revenge, which I thought was the perfect title for it. And you can see on the cover it's uh, it's it's Glenn and Doyle in a battlefield, and strewn on the field is Jerry Lee. Uh, so it's called Misfits Revenge, and it's the revenge. And you can tell that you know J- because Jerry would not play ball with Glenn's stipulations in two thousand two. This was kind of like you know a big middle finger in Jerry's face by those two guys playing together and doing shows. So here's Rob asking Danzig the question that Danzig would be asked. Over and over again throughout the years, will there ever be a reunion? Uh, Doyle's participation in doing the 30-minute set of Misfits material, how did that happen? And did you have to, did you go full wholeheartedly into that? Or did you have to be persuaded to do that? Because, you know, I know that you're, you're always a visionary and looking ahead. Uh, I think we just started talking and it just eventually came about. I mean, I think I asked him, you know, because he left the Misfits, uh, and I asked him if he was going to still perform or not, and he said, yeah, well, you know, I think it just eventually came about in our conversations, and eventually it happened. I mean, he's right there. You can ask him, you know. <laughs> how, how do you feel, Doyle, about um, these these string of those. shows that you've been doing with Glenn after all these years? I mean, how does it feel to be back on the stage with him? Good. Good. I love that. I love that so much. Are you happy that the, the the new version of the Misfits are touring and still putting out CDs? I don't really care. <laughs> you don't care either way. Yeah. And, you know, if we went back dealing with Glenn, it would all be about money. And then it would be nothing. What we would have is nothing. Look, I, people say, oh, well, Jerry's all about the money. If I was about the money, I'd play with Glenn. And, I mean, he tried. And, you know, he was, I don't know, there's a lot that can be said about that, but I'm not here to comment on that. I'm merely here to say this thing. And this is true about what I'm about to say is true about, you know, um, I, how, do, how do I describe this? I don't know. Okay. It, it goes like this. 
two no two countries that have McDonald's in their country are ever going to attack each other. And the reason why, and I think it's so true, or a better a, that's a that's not a good way to say this. Countries that don't like each other can get along because of trade. What is trade? Trade equals money. So you're never going to see a war between two capitalistic societies with McDonald's in them because trade people, well, you know, you, we make money off of your products and you make money off of our products and yada, yada, yada. And everybody's making money. Money brings peace. And we've seen that time and time again, and nothing could be truer for the misfits. Uh, the fact that a certain amount of money was required for those two guys to be able to share a stage together. Unbelievable amount of money, but an amount, an amount of money that has literally kept them playing together for five years. If you think about how crazy that is, the, that, that Glenn and Jerry could play together. Um, and, you know, the thing I didn't, I should have done a better intro at the beginning about this, but, you know, the thing I should have said is there are many great, you know, almost rock and roll reunions or dream rock and roll reunions. The Beatles probably being the most famous one that that never happened, you know, like the most anticipated, uh, the most desired. Everybody wanted the Beatles to reunite. I would say second to the Beatles in all of music, in all of music. And I'm not just saying this as a Misfits fan, as a Sam Hain fan, as a Danzig fan. I'm saying this in general. There is no greater anticipated reunion, no reunion more talked about, I think, than the Misfits. Not the Cro-Mags, not Guns N' Roses, not even the Eagles, maybe the Beatles, the Misfits. That's how big of it. This was the this is the biggest reunion to happen. And when I say reunion, why is it so big? Why is it so, you know, um, why is it such a heavy reunion? It's a heavy reunion because these guys hate each other so much. or These guys don't get along so much. So we thought it was never, ever, ever going to happen. It just took the right amount of money for it to happen. And what makes the Beatles almost reunion so crazy is that the Beatles were offered $50 million to reunite. Think about that. Think about that. The, the Misfits reunited uh, for a million dollars, but they would split, right? The Misfits. Probably the most, uh, the, mo the, the highest paid punk band of all time, right? The friggin' Beatles were offered $50 million in the 70s and did not reunite. <laughs> you know, that would be it. I make I make ten times more than I'm making because everybody wants to see this, you know, hocus pocus thing. And I have to ask, um, and, and I hope I don't tread on muddy waters here. He's but so scared. I've read where Glenn, you've said, you know, this is as close that anyone is ever going to see of a Misfits reunion. He said that for years. This was the thing that was aped by Dan, uh, aped by Misfits fans, and said by Danzig for years. This is the closest thing you're ever going to get to a Misfits reunion, and for all intents and purposes, it kind of was. And let me ask you... That's pretty true. I don't see... Let, let, just let me ask... For me, yeah, that's... So you don't ever anticipate there ever being a reconciliation between you and Jerry? I'm not doing a reunion with him. Ever? <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. I'd rather uh, pump gas, you know, and hang with, Glenn, uh, with uh, Uncle Des and watch the Giants. 
I don't know about that. I know that right now, and at least for the foreseeable future, I, I can't see it happening. And then you can ask the man right there, too. How do you feel about that, Dorn? I think that's up to him, right? Yes, it is. You, you can't make the sandwich without the bread. <laughs> it's up to you. I'll, I'll do whatever, but it's up to you. Now, you know, what's funny is, I mean, this this is literally what we're seeing right here. This happened for years, years and years and years. It probably started. It, I want to say it probably it probably started after the Misfits reunited. I don't think that it ever you know, what's funny. If you go back and you look at Danzig interviews pre reunited Mis- or resurrected Misfits, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you go back to interviews probably 95 and before. I don't think interviews, and I could be very wrong. Prove me wrong. I'm probably wrong. Um, I don't think interviewers ever asked Glenn Danzig if the Misfits were ever going to get back together. Uh, it, it never happened. It only started to happen. He only started to get asked these questions once the Misfits were playing shows together again. Once they were playing shows, that's all anybody ever wanted to know. Because suddenly the idea of the Misfits coming back with Glenn Danzig, now that they had the Misfits back with Jerry and Doyle, they're like, well, that's great, but we really want the Misfits with Glenn Danzig and Jerry only and Doyle, yada, yada, yada. It's kind of like a marriage when you, you're married and you get, you know, with the, with the woman and everything is running good and then you have problems and you split up. doesn't mean that the times together were bad. It means that times now aren't really, you know, as good as they should be. Former Misfits members Glenn Danzig, Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. I like that he said the thing about the marriage. I, I've seen that firsthand. I have witnessed bands that operate like a marriage. They're like a married couple and they hate each other's guts, but they stay together for the for the kids. <laughs> for the kids! And Jerry only last made music together in 1983. But after a near reunion about 10 years ago fell apart, fans are still wanting to see the three share a stage again and play the older songs the way they were originally intended. So this is where Doyle, this is about 2012, 2013. This is where Doyle reveals it. It it came out in the press and it might have been at this time. Doyle. Actually, it might have been earlier. It might have been 2008 or 2009. Doyle reveals that they were that they almost did reunite. And that Jerry is the reason that it didn't happen. He, he said, put this in your pipe and smoke it. Um, uh, it was Jerry who threw a monkey wrench into the works. Because, you know, just, you know, despite being brothers, whatever. And again, I don't know the Kaiafa family s- dynamic situation. I can't comment on it. But there was clearly some animosity between the two brothers. There was something going on. There was a rift between them for a bunch of reasons. Um, that had to do with the business of the misfits. And, you know, they it's so much so that, and what's so funny is that they were even practicing, you know, they're both practicing in pro edge, you know, Doyle with gorgeous Frankenstein and later Doyle is practicing in the same space that Jerry only's misfits are practicing in. They're both, they both share the space and do it, you know, Jerry still maintains the misfits name and carries on the tradition. However, fans are rabid for a new album from the reunited three. Well, that seems like a distant reality in 2013. As for the reunion, what happened? Glenn set up a meeting. Me and Jerry flew out. We met his manager and him. We had a talk. We were going to do it. Next day, we weren't going to do it. There was a rumor that um, Glenn and Doyle actually asked to have a reunion 
and that you said no? Uh, well, that's pretty interesting because uh, it, it, it was something that could never really occur. I mean, you know, the thing is, you got two different philosophies on life. So he's blaming it on two different philosophies of life, but the reality was there were stipulations and he had already booked shows. He, you know, he had contracts with promoters and he couldn't break them. It didn't, it, it didn't make sense to Jerry only at that time. And so he refused to comply and the misfits reunion never happened. And it was probably good that it didn't happen when it did. And the reason why I say that is because I don't think they would have commanded the type of guarantees that they commanded in 2016 when they finally did reunite. Can you believe it's been five years since that happened? And uh, something that, uh, you know, could have been entertained, but you know, there's just too much ego and too much, too much, uh, you know, Corp corporation talk involved and I mean we're not that you know they both want to be the boss so it's just like you know what I mean so instead of everybody just saying okay let's do this I mean our egos is not bigger than our obligation to our fans and you know eventually that would prove true but it took a lot of money for that to prove true but I think Doyle you know and again Doyle being you know, probably more inside on the situation than anybody else knows the reality of the situation. And it's what he said. They both wanted to be the boss. Jerry, after reuniting as the misfits or bringing back the misfits and doing the misfits for, you know, upwards of three times as long as the original misfits being together had a sense of ownership of the band all his own, you know, especially, you know, again, and, you know, obviously, Glenn, you know, is Glenn and the band Danzig are absolutely one of the reasons why the Misfits, you know, name and brand and recognition, you know, continued through the 90s in the same way that Metallica sort of, you know, helped boost things with what they did in the 80s. Um, you can't take a, you can't take away from Jerry doing the same thing. Jerry did do the same thing by being the misfits just and creating tons of brand confusion. As I always talk about, I mean, it was, it was, it was disaster in a way it's been disastrous that Jerry has done this, even though he brought the music and brought the band to a, a whole new generation of fans. He has also given birth to this eternal debate within the the fan community of this you know of these bands which is this graves versus danzig situation which will forever exist simply because the name the misfits was used it would still exist even if the misfits name wasn't used but it exists the way it exists because the fact that he called the band the misfits because he called the band the misfits that made graves the singer of the band the misfits which leads to fans eternally i've been, i've been watching it for 20 years and some people have been watching it for a lot longer you know who's better glenn danzig or jerry or, or, or michael graves if you're asking me the answer is obviously glenn danzig for a ton of reasons um but that's neither here nor there um so yeah you know what i mean well you gotta be the boss who gives a f you know what i mean I find that this is the only fucking business in the world where a bunch of people can't get along to make millions of dollars. You know? What the fuck is wrong with everybody? Is it, does it suck to play music? No. I'm ready to do it right now. I'll drop what I'm 
we're doing. I'll put the Doyle record right here, and we'll go do it. So this, so that's from 2013. The other interview was from 2014, and this is where Doyle is now in the press, and he's doing interviews constantly as Doyle, and he's getting asked the same questions. He's getting asked the same questions all the time. Uh, or, do you think there will ever be a reunion? And and he starts answering these questions with either a, a, a variety of different answers. Uh, post 2016, it was, I can't legally talk about that for a bunch of other reasons, which I'm not going to get into in this video. But pre 2016, it was always, I'm going to talk to those two guys. I'm going to get them. You know, I'm so he talks about it here. I'm, I'm so I'm working on it. I'm trying to make it happen. I want to see it happen. I'm we'll, we'll drop everything to go do it. He knew what was at stake. He even said in that video in 2014 for Loudwire, he said uh, millions and millions of dollars, because even then he knew how much money they stood to make, because that's how anticipated in the last decade. That is how how anticipated or how desired or or how much or or how high in demand a misfits reunion has been or could be um and they threw out a number we want a million dollars and they got a million dollars to do it and since they've gotten more they've gotten even more money uh look i i I got a lot of respect for Glenn. I always thought that Glenn had a lot of talent. And I just think that, you know, Glenn, uh, I don't want to say is misguided, but uh, I think that uh, he's got a message that's not productive for the people who get it. That's kind of been blown out of proportion. Um, the satanic thing has been blown out of proportion. Um, there are lots of different things going on in the songs. Uh, the fans know. Uh, I like Glenn. I, I never really dislike Glenn as a person. Those guys? Um... Let's go talk to him. So you hear you hear Jerry sort of, you know, backtracking on what he said on previous comments. And who knows what's going on behind the scenes? I feel like at this point, maybe I should discuss or maybe I'll wait a little bit longer, actually. But here's here's Doyle in once again in 2014, just going like, you know, I'll talk to those two guys. We, you know, we just got to get them, you know, just got to keep working on them to make this happen. You know, I'm, I started talking to them and. uh I said, everything's got to be ironed out. As we get near the end of this interview, um, many people will stand back and, and look at Glenn and, and, and your career and all the things that you're doing now. And people might say, Glenn Danzig's really come full circle. Do you agree with that? I don't know what that means. <laughs> Meaning like, you've done it all. I mean, what, what else? No, no, I haven't done it all. You haven't done it? No, the best is yet to come. Yeah, that's for sure. I really liked when I was pulling, when I was putting this together, when I edited this video, uh, but I'll, actually it was, wow, I can't believe it's been five years since I edited this video. When I edited this video back in 2016, I thought that was so interesting how he said the best is yet to come. And, you know, I don't think I'm done. And, you know, um, one of the greatest things that, that, that Glenn has done and that Jerry has done in the Misfits, besides creating the Misfits and giving us all that music and doing everything that they did, the act of reuniting as the Misfits is just as powerful as the creation of the music itself. Seeing the two of them together on stage after all these years, watching Jerry only sing backup vocals and fill in you know, certain backing things for Glenn and just watching these two share a stage and exchange glances is by far one of the most powerful things that they've ever done for this fandom ever. It's, it's, it's so, 
it's it was earth shattering and it cannot be topped it would never be topped with uh, a, a graves misfits reunion it would never be topped it wasn't you know what's funny right after this guns and roses reunited another reunion slash and axel famously could never reunite and now here they were reunited and it was almost like it was so overlooked compared to the misfits reuniting it was just like oh that's nice the m- m- friggin misfits reunited you know what i mean so um yeah i don't know i find that interesting and i want to do a lot you know i want to keep just uh expanding you know and i really think the fact that you know again the impossible allowing the impossible to happen even if it was motivated by money allowing the impossible to happen in fact was exactly what glenn was just talking about and what you'll find is that uh, i think that the misfits has more ahead of it than behind it riot fest september 18th douglas park so now you know we literally jump this he's he's promoting he's now here's jerry and here he is promoting this is 2016 shortly before riot fest in denver um you know they're they're gonna do it they're gonna come back and again i've talked about this in other videos um but that's not what this is about we're this is this is about something different um you know we didn't know as fans when we heard that this was happening we didn't know if they would even make it to the first show we didn't know if denver was going to happen if denver happened would chicago happen you know if you were a misfits fan and you had the means meaning like you could afford to or you could borrow the money or whatever you had to do to get to one of those two shows like and didn't choose to do so i, I you know i can't you're you were a fool you're a fool because what had happened was so extraordinary and the fact of the matter was it was so fragile this alliance was fragile who knew what was going on behind the scenes who knew how long it would last? It things could have imploded after Denver. Maybe they would not have been well received. Maybe they would have been terrible live. That was not the case. They were friggin' incredible live. But they could have been terrible live, and everybody would have been like, "Wow, that was a lame duck. That was that was uh, overhyped." And it turned out to be, you know, nothing. Turned out to suck. Who who even wants to go to Chicago? And then the Misfits just do the Chicago show and then never do anything again. Or in fact, they would do the two shows and then have a big fight backstage and it wouldn't allow them to play any more shows. And we do know that there were fights. We, we all know this. We all know you, you hear the rumors that it's been spoken about in, in, you know, in Facebook groups, I've seen it all over the place that those guys have, you know, they've gone back and forth with each other over the years but they always get back on the stage and they play the songs. Why? Because there's too much goddamn money to be made and they can't goddamn blame them. After all those years of grinding blood, sweat and tears and touring and, and just, just pushing through and trying to break through and, you know, make a name for themselves. They deserve all of it and more. And for me, it came into a grand culmination with the Madison Square Garden show in 2019. But to step back for a minute, how did it happen? How did it happen? How did these guys reunite? Because now here we are. We jumped to 2016 and Jerry is explaining how the Misfits are going to come back and they're going to do uh, a a new show. They're going to do another show as the Misfits, as the original Misfits. 
which I think was was uh, Glenn's insistence because he wanted to differentiate himself from Jerry's Misfits and the resurrected Misfits. It was a smart move to call them the original Misfits. They could have probably used a cooler name than the original Misfits. Um, when they 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 formed a new LLC or joint partnership, they, it was called the Misfits AD, and I thought that was a really cool name. And when I made this video, this is the intro of a much longer video. When I made this video, it was called Evil Lives, the Misfits AD, and it was a bootleg concert film that Uncle Glenn eventually took down. But you're watching the intro to it, and that's what we're seeing right now. So what brought the Misfits back together? Well, this is what happened. Around 2014, and it had been kind of going on, uh, throughout the last decade, through the aughts and the 2010s, Glenn and Jerry were suing each other. There were various things, and it and it all stemmed back from 94 from stipulations of their 94 contract. It had to do with merchandise. They were sharing merchandise or splitting merchandise or splitting rights to the merchandise. The way it worked was Jerry could sell his merchandise and Glenn could sell his merchandise, and they couldn't use each other's um, likenesses without you know, uh, the, each other's approval. So you would see all these different lines of merch. You would see the Misfits Halloween shirt without Jerry only on it, or you would see the Misfits Halloween shirt, like, you know, for the Halloween EP with only Jerry only on it. You know what I mean? Um, you would see just various different things like that getting pressed. And at some point, um, there, there, something happened with hot topic. There was, again, you can Google this. It started in, in 2014, uh, Glenn took Jerry to court. His case was thrown out. And then Jerry only countersued Glenn Danzig over the Misfits trademark. And it went back and forth. And, uh, you know, they were just spending tons and tons of money suing each other. And that's when reason finally, you know, uh, came through. Reason bubbled to the surface. And it was determined why are we suing each other when instead, we could be making all sorts of money. And so part of the settlement, maybe to pay for their lawyer fees, part of the settlement of these lawsuits was that they would reunite to play a couple of shows. People, you know, contracts leaked. Some people said that it was 10 shows. Some people said those weren't real contracts. I'm not here to tell. I'm not an authority on it. And I'm not here to tell you which was which. All I can say is that... Um they reached a contractual settlement where they would reunite as the misfits with Doyle and they would go out and play shows for million dollar guarantees, which have only since gone up as well as make a killing on the merch. Let's listen to what Jerry only has to say about it. Chicago, you're only doing two shows. I mean, we're hoping a tour is coming out of this, but if, two if, confirmed if, shows. if they run well and we find that we are, uh, hitting the potential. You see, the thing is with us, we are a legendary act. We need to live up to what people conceive us to be. And the, the beauty of it is, is that Glenn's in great shape. My brother looks like friggin' Hercules. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been, I dropped about 20 pounds, even man count noticed it. You know, I'm running every day, uh, playing basketball with my nephews, uh, trying to, you know, get that kind of mobility going. And then I rehearsed the set about three times a day. We got it on CD. We just got back from LA and we recorded the set. So I put it in, we put it through the PA and we rehearsed to it. So it's, it's, it's like a one hour of cardio really. And um, so it's gonna, be, it's, it's gonna be us at the top of our game. And the thing is that I'm bringing the Winnebago for her last voyages, one to Denver and, and then again to Chicago. So, wow. uh, you know, it's, it's old school. Uh, you know, I don't wanna lose that old school vibe. I think that if we become 
you know, rock stars, we're going to forget why we came. And the reason we came was to really go out there and, and dominate and not really care about the bottom line. We don't care about the money. We care about the impact. And I think we made a great impact in our career. So September 18th, Douglas Park Riot Fest headline. No one thought it would happen. The reunion I was there. of the Misfits. It's going to be Danzig, that was my show. That was the Jerry show I went to. And Doyle. We thought it would never happen. It's happening. So this right here was the title of the bootleg concert film that I had made in 2016. Instead of saying, you know, Evil Live 3, it was called Evil Lives the Misfits AD. And what I did was I took 144 cell phone videos after this show, the Denver show. I saw all the videos and I was I it, I, it was suddenly dawned on me. I had an epiphany. I said, you know, these would all cut together. I just need to sync them up. And that's what I did. I I ripped all these videos from YouTube, 144 of them, and I sunk them up. I put this, what we just watched, I put that at the beginning. It was 90 minutes long, and I called it Evil Lives, The Misfits AD. This is, this is what I said here in the show notes. Show notes, the concert itself was sourced from various cell phones and DSLRs that were in the crowd that night. Soundboard audio never surfaced, uh, nor decent audience recording. I did the best I could with the elements available to bring you as much of the feature length, uh, as much of a feature length 720p HD picture as possible. The quality of both the audio and video varies throughout the playtime. I did the best I could with the materials I had at my disposal. And to hear, I wrote, and this was so true, I swear to God, this is why I did this. Dedicated to all the fiends who cannot make it out to these shows, this labor of love is for you, Jeff Frummis. And this is when I first, you know, publicly said, again, this was 2016, September 2016. This is when I publicly put on the internet for the first time since 2010 that I was trying to make a, mis uh, a, a documentary about the Misfits. And it was only this year, and it was it was a year, three days ago, that I started really, really, really t uh, taking uh, broadcasting live seriously. And I have been live streaming for the last year for you guys. And uh, yes, so this is our, I guess this is kind of like the year, year anniversary celebration, which actually kind of started with the beginning of this video. And that's what this is right now. And, um, and that's the end of the video, actually. So now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through the comments real quick. Again, this is not our typical type of show. This is not so much of a discussion.